Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast. I'm Greg. And I'm Penny. And I'm Kirk. And this is She-Hulk Cast, a podcast dedicated to the Disney Plus show She-Hulk, attorney at law this week. This is episode we're covering season one, episode three, The People versus Emil Blonsky. As you've just heard this week, we're joined by Kirk Manley, who you may know from Moon Knight Cast, which, by the way, Kirk, I loved. Uh, Kirk you. is a talented artist and created our podcast cover art and the art for a lot of the other Podcastica shows. You can find out more about Kirk's art at studiokm.com, and we'll link that in the show notes, so don't worry if you don't remember it right now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, by the way, like this is a, a little weird. If you're, if you're listening to us from, from House Podcastica, uh, that's great. I mean, that's fantastic. But just understand that we have our own uh, our own like actual No Shit podcast, uh, She-Hulk cast. Um, so if you are getting it through Pi House Podcastica, great. But if you're not, uh, go over to, to She-Hulk Cast. Um, subscribe and uh, give us a review. Tell us what we're doing wrong, what we're doing right. Uh, give us a rating. Um, I, I'm all about constructive criticism. Uh, please don't be a Dennis. All right, so moving <laughs> fuck on. Fuck off, Dennis. Yeah, fuck off, Dennis. Um, <laughs> although although my, my, my viewpoint this week's a little bit different. Um, all right, so. Oh, uh, fun. So, so Kirk, uh, yes. so how's your how's your general impression? How do you like the show overall? Uh, as a whole, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm 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 loving it. I'm I think it's entertaining. It's humorous. Um, you know, I'm I'm not looking for a sweeping, dramatic, dark story from this show. But I didn't go into it with that as a bar. Um, being familiar with the comics and coming from a a comic kind of point of view, um, this is extremely consistent with uh with this character and with how she's you know been handled in in the mcu or in the marvel comic universe um and and i i like it i like it a lot you know i think that um and this episode it stood out the most to me there's there's a there's some wonkiness with the cgi um but i didn't notice it in the first two episodes i went in anticipating it based on the previews um, but I did notice it a little bit in this one, um, especially the, the scenes where her hair is pulled back and she's in the suit in the office. It just, um, but my guess is, is that they front loaded some of the f- money for CGI right. into the first two episodes to help grab people. Um, you know, and, uh, I, I have no problem with that. So, um, you know, it's a huge undertaking for that kind of VFX, you know, um, Six six episodes. Uh, I'm sure they don't have the money that you know they would have in a feature film. Sure. Um, so you know you you have to be you have to be somewhat understanding of that. And anybody I think who lets that ruin the show for them is is missing out an awful lot. Um, but overall, I've been very impressed with with the CGI. So I I love it. I I think the the stories have been fun. They've been entertaining. Like I said, they've been um, right out of the kind of the comic. Um, styling and right. uh and i'm digging it yeah I've, I've i've i have noticed that kind of each each episode so far kind of has its own little story arc like its own comic issue right and then by the end of it yeah we've moved on like the story the overall story has moved on a little bit but effectively it's done 
right? So the first one, hey, you got the origin story, origin story, done. Uh, right. You know, in episode two, oh, she got fired, she got a job, done. Next, next arc in that. And yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I, I think each, each episode so far has has read like a, a self contained story in a, in an issue. Right. I hadn't thought about it that way, but that's that that's that's actually really really true. That's a good point. Um, how about this episode? But you mentioned the CGI. Yeah, um, the CGI was the only thing that I, I had a, an issue with. Um, I, I love the fall, the four, uh, fourth wall breaks. I think it's also interesting that they've kind of, with this episode, they upped that a little bit um, with a, a, a directed mission of this being a show that the audience is watching right. as opposed to just being, you know, um, viewers that the the actors talking to or that the, the characters talking to um, mm-hmm. as if you're kind of there invisible. Um, this is, this was kind of very different, you know, which she lets go of the car wheel. Um, so, you know, that, <laughs> that, made that so was clearly pretty that's, comical. Yeah. Right. This is not real. I'm not really driving in a car, you know, <laughs> right. and then like, don't forget whose show this is and all that, you know, it was just, it was great. It was another level, another twist on that idea, which helped me, differentiate it from like the Deadpool um, kind of treatment. And uh, uh, also like the, you know, in the comic they uh, would do stuff like she would actually bust through a panel. Like the page would look like it was ripped. It would be drawn. So it would look like she's ripping through the back of the page (laughs) and coming through and to talk to you. You know what I mean? As if I'm going to interrupt this comic book by tearing right through it and talk to you. And, and I think they're, trying to you know give that same kind of uh, a feel to 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 their fourth wall yeah, treatment uh, in this in the show which is great almost, i love that almost an over-the-top silliness that hey like we really aren't taking ourselves that seriously yeah 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 i really hope they bring more of that into the show like have her literally like step back behind the camera and the lights and like go to a different set <laughs> yeah it, yeah. it it would be hilarious. I was waiting in the car steering wheel scene for her to go, oh, don't worry about that. See, this is just a projection of cars behind me. Right. <laughs> I think but, I think they'll do that because uh, yeah. another one of the famous ones or big ones that they did in the comic is that she'll walk from one scene in a panel into yeah. – so they, they draw her crossing the panel, walking into the next scene in a different oh, yeah. panel. So that's kind of to your point, Penny, of like, you know, kind of almost stepping out of the frame of the camera and and uh, you see kind of behind the scenes. I, I would Yeah, I really hope they coming. go there. Yeah, I think they will. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Penny, how about you? How about this episode? Um, I was really excited to see Jen lawyering. Um. And uh, and winning. That's pretty cool. I uh, Overall, I like the episode. I agree with other people that have said, like Kirk said, that the CGI was a little wonky in some parts, but I am completely willing to give it to them because I'm enjoying the acting and the, the personalities of all these characters so right. much. I think they should never pull her hair back. You know, I think that right. that just, it, 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 the hair helps cover, I think, some of the, the wonkiness of the face. I'm sure hair is really difficult to do in CGI, so maybe oh, yeah, it was a I'm cost sure. savings thing. <laughs> yeah, hey, we, we can yeah, have Yeah, there's hair all down kinds of software. Of right, exactly. Yeah, there's all kinds of specialty software for animating hair. Um, but the in the comics, she pulls her hair up a lot when she's at work. Yeah. So yeah. they're probably trying to emulate that. Yeah, absolutely. But it just it, it's, it, it doesn't work as well for me. 
I also wish they let her have curls as She-Hulk as well as mm. when she's Jen. Oh, um, that's cool. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, like mix I, up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I picture like a Marita from Brave. You know, she had that like amazing yeah. mane of <laughs> curly hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could see that. Yeah, in some of the comics, she does. So um, maybe it'll come. That'd, yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. So I, unfortunately, I am the uh, I'm the guy that Kirk's bitching about. Um, I'm the guy that was like, I'm, I was so taken out of it. I didn't know if it was by the CGI. I, it may be the CGI. It may be the like the size of her hands. And I get it; she's a Hulk, but right. like the size, it was like the the, the whole, her hands were slightly just her hands looked like Shrek hands. Yeah, and I but was not just always like, <laughs> not, but right, not always. But, oh, sometimes it she would, was, sometimes it wouldn't. Yeah, when she would pick up, she when she picked up the phone, I thought it was really funny that her hands were so big because yeah. I've got really big hands and I've got a, a phone that you know that matches my hands. But you know, going from Gen size to She Hulk size, like you have a, need to have a phone that you know Jen didn't have covering half the side of her head. <laughs> um, but uh, but I was just like, yeah, there there were just especially especially like you were mentioning in walking in the building, I was just like, I don't know what it is, I don't know if it's clunky or what, but it totally took me out of it. And it, it made me literally watch when I was watching the second time, I was like, you know, I wish I could just have like, you know, like a gin walk and talk because it wouldn't distract me. And I could actually pay attention to what she and uh, what's the paralegal's name, Nikki, Nikki and Nikki are Nikki. saying. And I'm just like, I was just, it, it, it did bug me to the point of, I was really glad that she was not she Hulk in the courtroom or I guess in the prison cell, it's almost like an excuse. Hey, I can't be she Hulk because I'm in this prison that I'm not allowed to have superpowers in right. the prison. Although it doesn't actually change anything. Um, and it may maybe save some budget by having this trial or the, the parole hearing in the prison. Um, or maybe just, Hey, we don't have to fuck around with, with, with the CGI at this particular point. It just makes it way easier. And Tatiana Maslany is an awesome actress. So, uh, but in general, yes, the CGI really took me out of it. But then in this one in particular, I there were just a couple of things that I was just like, it's yes, it's silly and it's it's a a show that's over the top. But there were just and I'll I'll get to them in the in the in my points. And but maybe I'll I'll feel better about it after we talk about it. But yeah, I was just a little bit. I was it was not my favorite episode, and uh, and I'll talk about some of those. As we, as I we think um, disagreement makes for good podcasting. Sure, uh, I, I'm never going to be the one to you know throw my computer across the wall, uh, but uh, I will. I will definitely be like, Ugh, I just don't didn't. This was dumb, and you think differently. That's fine, but uh, I didn't particularly care for certain things. Um, all right, so moving on. Next section: uh, breaking the fall, uh, breaking the fourth wall. Uh, so we we talked. Kirk talked about the one um, that we. We talked about the whole, and I love the fact that when she's in the car, she's wearing her She-Hulk suit. Um, she is driving to, is it the courthouse? I don't remember where she was driving to. Um, the prison? I don't know. Was yeah, it or from the prison. Yeah, I think it's from the prison. Okay, so, but she's wearing her She-Hulk, like, and when I say suit, I mean like the one sized for, she looks like a little kid in her, yeah, yeah, in her yeah. dad's yeah, or yeah, her yeah. mom's suit. And like the, the jacket, like the shoulder pads are all like bunched up. And, uh, I, I thought that was, that was really neat based on where she was going to be or where she was coming from. Um, 
so yeah, we, we, you know, Kirk talked a little bit more in detail about it, but that was, a. I I did enjoy the, the very tongue in cheek, you know, it's not going to be a cameo every week, you know, except for Bruce. And, right. Right. And Emil and, and Wong. Right. But no, it's my show, my show. Um, uh, at the bar, um, with, with, with Nikki, um, uh, oh, nice. Connecting the A and B story. Uh, that was, that was a good, just like passing by and you're kind of like, oh yeah, that's what they're doing. They're, they're making it all tie together. Yeah. Yeah. I liked how she poked her head in from out of Right. Out frame. of frame. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was so good. It's really cute. <laughs> and then lastly, um, the one we will never speak of ever again. Uh, did Dennis Bukowski actually give me an idea? But where did they get the inhibitor? Who <laughs> yeah. made the inhibitor? Bruce couldn't make it, right? Because it was a prototype. And I was just like, and uh, why haven't uh, they already been using it? Yeah. <laughs> if, if this was the thing, make it so we can't be the, whatever. All right. Okay. Um, so, yeah. That, so, those are the three. Um, did, were there any others? Did you guys catch any others? I didn't catch any others. Well, I, 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 you know what, I'm going to bring up, since I have a few more uh, points than, than you guys uh, do uh, for yeah. the main body here, since you brought up the inhibitor thing in this, I'm going to jump in on that. I, I think that I agree, it, it's kind of a little bit sloppy writing in the sense of like, you know, uh, where, where is that coming from and why wasn't it thought of before? But I'm, I'm assuming that it's tied in with Banner's inhibitor. That right. either he uh, had, you know, at her request, started working on that, or had already been working on that and offered it up to her, or you know, because she pulls it out as if it's something she's kind of had in her back pocket, you know. Um, right. So I just kind of made that made that jump on that, but um, I think it's a bigger deal than than the show implies in that episode, and and I think that the fact that we get that inhibitor introduced to it dramatically in the first episode um and now here in this episode uh it's going to be used it, it seems like it's more of a going to be more of a thing than um than just a throwaway um and i i think it could be building two possible story uh, arcs with that or two possible story directions one is that th this may be the introduction of the kind of technology that they're going to use for the thunderbolts and the idea okay. that they're going to have the ability that, that the government's going to get this ability to control, um, yeah, uh, power suppression, power, yeah, powered individuals, and and this is kind of where it's starting. Um, and then, um, you, you know, I think the the other is that the other possibility is that it will be the growing public demand that superheroes be checked and controlled, um, more like the actual Civil War story in the comics did. Um, than right. the civil war that was in that was in uh, in the MCU, um, so that could figure in as a bigger kind of story, contributing story issue. So I, I don't see that inhibitor technology as as throwaway. I think it's going to end up being a little bit more important. That's just my guess. No, I mean that's that's, that's a, a good guess. Yeah, that's a, that's a good good <laughs> well, idea. That remains to be seen. <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe. Well, Maybe. let me put it this way: I didn't think of that. And I'm really interested, and I I kind of hope now that you're right. Well, I kind yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I hope so too. But um, I think that you know, anytime they're going to do introduce something or talk about something multiple times, um, it, it to me it says there's there's more to it than that. 
that that's just kind of been yeah. a, a practice of mine in, in trying to interpret these shows as they go. Right. That's all. Yeah. The, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, I, I, it, I think it would be interesting that they would introduce uh, a major plot device <laughs> device um, like that, uh, <laughs> maybe potentially spanning shows, movies, whatever um, in a, you know, in the, the sitcom, the, the characters are right. Right. Banner is right. 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 Um, Blonsky is right. Yeah. Um, but the characters are right, but the tone of this show for something so significant seems a little bit like, Oh, now people just haven't like, you know, we get to whatever the hell is the next, you know, black Panther two. And like, Oh, we got whatever in inhibitor going on. And you're like, where the hell did we get that? Oh, yeah. it was in she Hulk. Yeah, but to, to me that that's the not only the kind of like um, sophist, not sophisticated. What's the word I want? Sneaky or smart kind of way to do it. It's like mm-hmm. you're not going to pay a lot of attention to that. It's going to yeah, seem like more covert. Away. Yeah, right. more covert. Exactly. And um, you know, I think that that's why they. And I think it's also we're going to see more and more of that as we already have. I mean, look at what Loki did to the whole universe. Um, I think the 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 um, the Disney Plus shows are going to provide so many. What's the terminology I want? But they, they're the way they're going to introduce a lot of things. Not only a lot of main characters because it allows them to not have to do origin story movies and all this kind of, and explain stuff in the movies. They can just bring them in and everybody already knows the background. So it's a great way. Plus you're getting six episodes to do that introduction, like Moon Knight, you know, um, and, and in this She-Hulk, um, and you know, those characters should get a full introduction. They shouldn't just pop up in a movie. Um, but yet, in, you know, in a huge Avengers movie, you don't want to spend a whole lot of time explaining who Moon Knight is, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So I think that's the going to be the main purpose of the shows. And in term, also, obviously, the main purpose is to entertain and get people to subscribe and, and enjoy it. But, but I think they're going to use it also not only to introduce people, but also to introduce technologies, story plot lines. You know, again, Loki is a, is a great example. Hawkeye with the introduction of Kingpin and all of that's going on. Um, we may be seeing some of that in this already, in this episode. We get hints of, of some other boss figure. I mean, it could be any number of people, but um, certainly Kingpin could be one. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think that that's a cool aspect of, and again, very much like the comics. You know, you pick up and you read a team-up, Spider-Man team-up comic, and there's some sort of technology introduced, and then there's an X-Men Avengers battle, and that technology shows up. You know, and you know what it is because you read the uh, the other book. You know, um, so I just I think that's kind of what they're doing with that. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned the Thunderbolts, and I wonder if it will tie into Secret Wars. Um, I don't know how 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 well inhibitor technology would do for like scrolls, but all right. Uh, uh- I need to know who the Thunderbolts are. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go out on a limb and just say we'll talk about it later. Uh, but you can Google it. Um, okay. Because uh, like there, it, it, there's actually a, a bunch of different versions of Thunderbolt. The Thunderbolts. Um, long story short, they are coming out with a Thunderbolts movie. And uh, if you want to know more about it, then uh, you can Google it. Uh, and then Penny, we can talk offline. That sounds great because we don't want to spoil anything for right. anyone. 
I, I, um, I, can I can I spoil not spoil, but can I make one yeah. comparison? Sure. Penny, are you familiar with the Suicide Squad? Yes. Okay, the, the DC Suicide Squad. Thunderbolts is is a Marvel kind of version of that. Very different. Okay, but cool. It, Thank yeah, you. Similar. Dumb name, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't it? I think it was originally an older um, superhero team. That, yeah. That, yeah, they, they took the name from. It wasn't created uh, for that. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it is definitely, like, they're, they're, they're definitely involved in some interesting storylines. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and cut it there and then, uh, we'll move on. Um, all right. So your, your first, uh, talking point, Kurt, Kirk, sorry. That's right. You, I don't care what you call me as long as you call me. <laughs> um, let's see. My, my, my first observation is, um, I think that what's, what's great about this show, and I kind of touched on it in my initial thoughts, is that it's another reflection of how the size of the MCU has now grown and is similar in size to the comics universe. Um, and as a result, it's allowing them to branch out in storytelling. And I just think that that's fantastic. Um, and like comics, we can now have light, entertaining, fun shows about fe- female empowerment like She-Hulk or Miss Marvel, along with deep psychological shows like Moon Knight or tough street level buddy cop team ups like Hawkeye, along with serious, complex, dramatic shows like WandaVision or Falcon Winter Soldier and far out mind bending shows like Loki. And that to me is growing up reading comics, what made comics so great. You know, um, and also why I was a Marvel fan instead of a DC fan, <laughs> and I'll probably make some enemies here. But you know, reading you know every Superman comic was the same. Yes, because, I agree. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, because Superman was gonna just win; he was invulnerable. So, you know, what what was the value of that? And everybody knew his identity, so there was no you know his his personal life was no issue. Marvel comics have always been so much more complex. The heroes have these. Uh, tra- traumatic or complicated personal lives and uh, often, you know, drug issues or financial issues or personal issues or relationship issues. And how does that impact them as a superhero? And um, I just, you know, you can pick up a Thor book and you're flying through space and you're dealing with you know, gods. And then you pick up a, a Daredevil book and you're, you know, fighting with, you know, uh, mafia crime bosses on the streets of New York and the hand. And then you could, you know, pick up, you know, a, a fantastic four and you're dealing with Galactus who's come to eat the planet. And you know what I mean? it's like, it's like, and that's what was always so great about comics for me. And the Marvel universe, when it started off, you know, it, it, it was fantastic because it captured the, all of that, that came with some of the main titles and main ideas and main, uh, structures of comics, the Avengers, you know, uh, Spider-Man, etc. But now they've reached such a a, a, a uh, quantity of content, and he, and it still remains great quality. That now they can do other stuff. They can be more inclusive. They can um, do things that aren't necessarily a traditional um, uh, superhero comic book format, and. Um, I just, I just think that's, 
that's fantastic. It's just, oh, yeah. um, it's, it's what this show symbolizes for me. And, um, I think it's really, really, uh, um, uh, important. I mean, as, this as show kind of marks I, it more for me than most of the others. Yeah. Uh, as, as much as I hate to say it, like it makes me go, thank God Disney, you know, has all of this money, like acquired yeah. Marvel. And then it has all this money to put towards, like if I was a DC fan, I'd be pissed that Denny Disney didn't buy fucking DC. Yeah. Um, because I'd be like, Oh, what the hell is this? Like this other, this other shit that I didn't read when I was a kid or didn't really care about. They're getting all this money throughout, thrown at them. They have basically an entire channel devoted to their shows. Right. Um, and you know, and then I've got the DC, what is it called? Is it DC EU? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, like three movies have been good out of 15. Right. And, you know, some, and what's great about it too is that some people are not going to like all the shows and they mm-hmm. haven't. And there's lots of criticism. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. And there's been lots of criticism about this phase. And there's, you know, people are freaking, you know, freaking out about uh, all sorts of things, whether it be, um, well, whatever. And some people like some, some people don't like others. But to me, by becoming more inclusive, it actually produces more fans. And I think Disney and Marvel have figured this out. And that, sure, some are going to get angry. You're going to, and I love how this show leans into that, you know, like the scroll of the, the, all the toxic male uh, anger, you know, on the tweets right. and stuff, you know. And I mean, yeah, you're going to, some people are not going to be happy about it and they're going to get angry and passionate and everything else. Um, that show wasn't for them and the the fan base has gotten large and large enough that you know if fans get bent it's not going to jeopardize the future of the content right as it did years ago i mean superhero movies when i was growing up were always one bad movie or show away from you know another 10 years of nothing you know what i mean yeah Bat- batman and robin away from not having anything right. for 15 years exactly and oh that movie's embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, you know, I think they, they're realizing that by being more creative, by improving that diversity, um, they're actually gaining audience from people who didn't even realize that those stories could involve them or, or be something they would, that would appeal to them. Right. And so they're gaining audience. Yeah, they're losing some very vocal minority, but they're actually gaining more and, and therefore they can afford it to keep changing and growing and, and, and expanding. And I just, uh, that, that, that's, that's just blown my mind. I just never thought I'd see it happen. And I'm so glad it is. Yeah. It's, it is, it is very nice to run into the amount of content that I can enjoy on different levels. Yeah. Um, and you know, like, like some things I am super into and sometimes things I'm not, but I have enjoyed it all. Like my mom loved Falcon and Winter Soldier. And she's what she watched like the first fifteen minutes of She Hulk. She's like, eh, it's not not really my thing. I was like, well, I'm podcasting on it, so uh, yeah. maybe give it a shot. But uh, <laughs> um, although I may not be, I, you know, with all of the fuck off Dennis, uh, I may be glad that she ended up not continuing. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, Penny, what's your your first point? Um, I always start off with lawyer stuff. Oh uh, yes. Uh, you know, this episode, we got to see Jennifer doing her thing in a parole hearing. Now, I'm not a criminal lawyer, 
But I think if you take out the sort of fantastical nature of the setting and the, and the parolee, it was a pretty realistic condensed version of how a parole hearing is. There's a panel of people and then the attorney presents witnesses, um, that say that this is a nice guy. He's rehabilitated. All the stuff we saw, not normally as funny as, you know, now the library's not just a quiet place to shift someone. That, that um, was a great line. And also, <laughs> I'm proud of you, Carl. Yeah, I liked <laughs> I the let, toilet I let kombucha. You go, Linda. <laughs> oh, you had toilet kombucha? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing was so funny. Um, and uh, I know in real life that um, victims of the crimes have an opportunity to come forward and make statements about how the person should stay in prison. Um, and sometimes there's a prosecutor who's there who's trying to, like, you know, get the person to stay in prison as well. Um, I was very annoyed by the prosecutor in this case who went on TV and basically maligned Jen's character for defending somebody in a criminal case. And she's right. There's something called due process in this country. It's uh, guaranteed by the Constitution, and it means that everybody is entitled to a fair defense. If anyone wants to know more about that, let me know. But I, I bet you're all done already. Um, oh, are you, are you talking yeah. about the the guy that was the prosecutor who originally put Blonsky away? Yeah, yeah. He was gotcha. like, I'm appalled that anyone would even work toward freeing. Them there all. are I defense mean, just- lawyers who literally just make their money on on defending people who are guilty. Like, yeah, but and it's, it's it doesn't matter how guilty you, you are, you're yeah, you still entitled to a defense. Yeah, absolutely. It's not for the defendant. It's for all of us to keep the government from being overbearing and fascist. Um. Anyway. I don't know what's uh, going to keep the government from doing that, but whatever. <clears throat> Excuse yeah. Me. Um, I wrote down jerk face. Uh, <laughs> and um, Holloway, I really enjoyed his one little moment where he sees Jen twerking with uh, a celebrity client. He's like, yes, I want publicity. I don't care how she gets it. Fine. Interesting. Um, that's what he's happy with. He's like, yeah. all right. Uh, I know that Megan the Stallion is famous, so I'm on board. Um, or he probably was like, I know that that lady there is famous. Like, he probably doesn't know who Megan the Stallion is. I was, was going to say, you know what? If she's got people in there and they're signing shit, whatever. I imagine they have money. Yeah. I, um, I was excited to see Pug win his case. I really like Pug. I think he's adorable and uh, such a good guy. So um, he's not. Is he the same? Is he the same guy that came in in episode one and brought her this the 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 welcome present? Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. 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 He's good. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. The poop map. (laughs) (laughs) Every office. Uh, Every office should come with a poop map. (laughs) Yeah. Every office should come with a bathroom that's like in another room and you can lock that room too so that you can have like a barrier. <laughs> I think we got some poop. I think we got some poop phobias going on here. Um, it's more for just sometimes I want to go somewhere where someone's not going to talk to me. Yeah. It's like, I just need yeah. a minute. So my you want to go where office, they don't know your name. Exactly. Uh, my sister's office that she had a while back had a nap room. It was awesome. Um, that's anyway, da- that's, that's da- the end of my that's, point. That's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, you had to book a time, yeah, like a meeting. <laughs> so you know somebody would come and be like, "It's my turn." So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, you said that was that was all. 
you have Yeah, that's all my lawyer stuff. Yeah. Um, well, let me see if I... All right. You know what? I'll go ahead and tie my first point into your lawyer stuff. Okay. Um, so, I, I thought that this was... Like, seeing Jen... Uh, kind of flounder and and whatnot. Like she looked and sounded like a junior associate mm-hmm. lawyer, and she was like, "Uh, yeah." And we've got someone coming right after Blonsky goes, and, and you know, Emil's like, "Uh, what? Okay, sure." Um, don't get me wrong. Like I get it. Sometimes witnesses don't show, and you're pressed for time, and you just have to do a little razzle dazzle, and uh, you know by time. Um, but I was just like, Oh man, like I, does Wong not have a phone? Uh, I mean, he's <laughs> yeah. like, uh, Nikki set a thirst trap for him. So like she eventually contacted him. Oh, I forgot because you know, things and okay, cool. Got it. Um, yeah, she did seem like she wasn't hiding her fluster enough. Yeah. That, it just seemed like she, she had lost her composure and I, I was like, she's supposed to be like this hardcore, like ball busting lawyer. And she just, she, it didn't, it didn't reflect in that particular point. I think that, um, they have made Jen a more junior lawyer than she is in the comic books in order to give her room to grow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And right, I think, I, mean, I think, she's, and I, think yeah. they, I mean, it didn't feel out of character to me because in the first episode, she's getting ready to argue her first case, isn't she? Isn't that the first case she's actually going to get to argue? Or did I misunderstand? No, I, it's I just a high profile yeah. case. Yeah, I. She just seemed like in that in that practice, you know, that that practice speech or whatever. She seemed like she really had her shit together, and she's like, "I'm gonna go win this case." And it's going to be awesome and, and all that. And then this one, she's like, uh, yes, 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 yes. We do have uh, someone who will be here at some point. And then whenever she's like, then when Emil's talking about, you know, I've changed mentally, spiritually, physically, interdimensionally. Uh, and she's like looking at him. She's like, uh, shut the fuck up, man. Uh, and, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I was just like. I like I get it. You know, your coached witnesses don't necessarily say exactly what you think. That, you know, you tell them to say. They sometimes go off on <laughs> tangents. But but you as a as a as a professional, you should be able to hide your frustration. Um, again, that doesn't. That's not entertaining though. Like what's entertaining is seeing her start to like freak out that he's just talking about crazy shit. And uh, but that was just that was just my my take on that. And that was one of one of my like. This just doesn't seem consistent with what we've seen in the past. That's that's just me though. Um, and I I'm gonna so we're, since we're on lawyer stuff, uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to tie my uh, my defense into this point as well. All right. So if you didn't know, delusional disorder is a an actual no shit disorder where. Uh, you believe a certain type of of thing is occurring, even though it's not. Um, a delusional disorder a, is actually there's a lot one of that going around, especially, yeah, yeah, po- right. especially in our politics right now. Yeah. Uh, so, so you know, you you hear the term delusions of grandeur, um, but that is actually one of the types of delusions that you can actually have is grandois, 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 grandois. Uh, I don't know how the fuck to say that. 
Um, but, uh, grandiose, grandiose. Okay. So, uh, grandiose delusions. And so from WebMD, and I get it, it's WebMD, it's not an actual doctor, but from WebMD, um, delusional disorder is a type of serious mental illness called a psychotic disorder. Uh, people who have it can't tell what's real from what's imagined. Uh, delusions are the same main symptom. Uh, they're unshakable beliefs in something that isn't true or based on reality. This doesn't mean they're completely unrealistic. Delusional disorder often in- involves delusions that aren't bizarre, having to do with situations that could happen in real life, like being followed, poisoned, deceived, conspired against, or loved from a distance. Uh, these usually involve mistaken perceptions or experiences, but in reality, this, the situations are either not true at all or highly exaggerated. So, if Dennis is so delusional that he thought he could actually pull Megan the Stallion, it wouldn't be Jen, someone who uh, who you know knew him well and whatnot, and could fabricate what if just if only to just make him look stupid. It would like they would have. No shit like psychologists and psychiatrists up there being like, oh, no, this guy is effed in the head. Now, that also may affect his ability to go be a lawyer and and whatnot. But uh, I just I thought that that again, I'm going to like serious lawyer shorts, lawyer shows as opposed to kind of goofy over the top, you know, shape changing light elves impersonating a judge. And sneaking up onto the stand shows. So I, maybe I'm taking myself or it a little bit too seriously, like even less seriously than it wants to be taken. Uh, but that was kind of, kind of my, my thing. So delusional disorder is actually a thing. Uh, Dennis should probably not be practicing law if he does in fact suffer, suffer, suffer from that. And, uh, also I'm not, oh, it's so hard not to say fuck off Dennis because he was such a douche in this. Uh, but I will say, well done to the actor because you are the Joffrey of Dennis's. Um, you are like you, you play an unlikable character so well that it, yes, it is fantastic to, to see you get your comeuppance and have you look really stupid and then still believe, be like, wait, do you think I actually have a shot with her? Should I go back in there? No, please don't. Um, I like it. I thought the actor was phenomenal. Even though Dennis is just so fucking irritating. Um, you're right. He is the Joffrey of Dennis's. And it's such a great compliment because I very much want to punch both of those characters <laughs> in the nose. Um, he said something that I really loved. Uh, he sort of mutters under his breath uh, towards the end of the trial. He says, well, when this is over, I'm... Uh, canceling my subscription to Hollywood hookups. Yeah. There's clearly no vetting process. <laughs> yeah, that was that was so funny. Um, yeah. So so again, I think that if I if I like would look at this with like a, a lighter tone, I might yeah. enjoy it more. Um, but I I just have too too much. I'm going to say experience. I have too much time watching lawyer shows that are actually really good and well put together, reading books on lawyers and shit. So uh, why would you do that? Oh, sorry. Why, why I, I, I don't enjoy lawyer fiction. Stuff? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I, 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 this is just a plug for, uh, so while it may be ghost written, but Robert K. Tannenbaum's, uh, Butch Carp series is actually really, really good. Um, starts with no lesser plea. It's based in the seventies or at least initially in the seventies. There are like a ton of books, but really good. So if you do like lawyer fiction, try him. 
Excellent. Yeah, I, think, I, I th- sort of... Oh, go ahead. No, no, that's all right. Go ahead. Oh, I, I sort of put it on par with the movie Legally Blonde. It has moments of realism in terms of lawyer stuff, but it's... It's it's a sitcom, so it's incredibly right. simplified and sillified, and that's the only reason I can stand it. Serious lawyer shows make me crazy. I can't stand them. <laughs> I, I'm gonna fair, fair I'm enough. gonna use that as a as a head as a lead in for my my next my next point. Yeah, what you got, Bert? I think it ties together. Um, I saw it less as um, I think it's a very serious. I think it's dealing with very serious topics. And, and a very socially relevant and important topic um, societally. But I, but I think it's doing it in a, in a lighthearted way and poking fun at it at the same time. But the underlying subtext is very serious. And I think the show is really trying to confront male chauvinism. Yeah. And to also portray a positive, strong message about women's body, body autonomy. And I think that um, the fact that, you know, she said that he was delusional was kind of comical, not to meant to be like necessarily serious, like she thinks he's mentally ill, but more a kind of a statement about a lot of traditional male chauvinistic mentality and this kind of self-involved narcissistic, um, you know, um, male chauvinism that so many people, and especially I think probably professionals who, you know, are used to just always having people say yes to them, um, you know, people like lawyers and everything else. Um, and so, you know, to me, it's, it, was, it wasn't so much about the psychological issue that they were being serious about. It was about the subtext of what the show is about and that they were just kind of throwing that out there to be, um, you know, to, to make it funny, you know, like how many women haven't sat and thought as well as some guys who have watched people make asses of themselves and say, man, that freaking guy's delusional. You know what I mean? If he thinks that's happening, but, um, and, but I think, you know, and I think that's for me, that's the best part of the show is that it's, it's dealing with such a heavy topic, such an important topic, such a relevant topic. And I think it really shows how relevant it is when you see all those scrolling tweets that I talked about before with the, all the, you know, all the toxic male hate and uh, reaction and negativity and, um, you know, and even the way they end that sequence with the guy, you know, uh, FaceTiming or whatever. And he's, you know, he's supposed to be a positive. He's saying, you know, man, I would smash She-Hulk, you know, cause, uh, you know, instead of saying something negative, but even in a, even when, men are trying to sometimes be positive be supportive positive. right yeah they're objectifying and making sexist comments i mean they're basically saying that she he likes she off because you know he finds her hot wants to do her you know right. it's like so i mean i think the show's really that, leaning into that that and, that, that, made, that made me cringe i was like oh come yeah. on man but he said smash which, which is I funny love. because it's yeah well, Hulk. also smash is funny because that's what Hulk says. Hulk smash. Yeah, Hulk smash. You know I mean? So that's why. The, I, yeah, I love that one little bit of that. Yeah, they, they're they're putting in. <laughs> well, I, lo- I love it all, and I love that Marvel's leaning into that. You know, I mean. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, the lightheartedness of the show makes it a palatable message, right? It's like, oh, that's funny. Hmm, that's actually something to think about. You know, it's it makes it an enjoyable message to hear, hopefully. Yeah. For the people who need to hear it. Right. 
you know, it's just it it really shocks me at at, at the amount of of negativity, you know. And we're, I'm sure we're going to get to the, you know, and I I mean I may talk about I, I'll just keep going on this topic because this is my longest topic. Um, sure. But uh, you know, it, it, just as a side note, 37 MCU projects and only five, six if you count Eternals, had female lead characters. So you know, there's this. When when there's a show with a female lead character, um, uh, you know, Captain Marvel just got got attacked viciously, um, and I thought it was a great movie. And I think this show is getting a lot of heat and a lot of criticism and all sorts of of hate in the same vein. And I think rather than try to pussyfoot around that, um, they're just they're just rolling into it, man. And I I love that. And um, you know, I think that the show starts off, the very first thing we hear when the show starts in, in episode one is her talking about what's one's responsibility when they have superpowers. And traditionally, Marvel has kind of, you know, taken that and argued that with great power comes great responsibility, the famous Spider-Man line. But instead, I think this show is making a slightly different argument, and that is that women should be able to choose how to use their bodies and their power. Uh, that they don't have to fill some preordained idea constructed by a patriarchal superhero structure. You know what I mean? Um, I think we see this when in her arguments to to Bruce in uh, episode one, when you know he's like, "You got to be a superhero now," you know, and she's like, uh, "Why? I don't, I'm a lawyer. I don't want to be a superhero." Um, you know, and and I think she that expressed determination and and then the show showing her being successful and sticking with being a lawyer. You know, is is uh, supporting that, and um, and then also Jen's ability to control her Hulk so easily um, is again another sign, I think, of of you know uh, letting women have control of their own body, and they will do positive things with it or whatever they want with it. And yeah, that's, almost female empowerment. At yeah, that point. exactly. And um, you know, there's been, a, I don't know if you guys have been following it, but there's been huge blowback to this twerking um, uh, post credit scene. Oh, I didn't, I didn't read that. Oh, yeah. There's just like, just people just freaking out about it, mostly guys. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, to me, it was, you know, a powerful woman lawyer who's just signed a powerful woman performer as a client and they're kind of celebrating their mutual independent success and they're uniting together and they weren't dancing to entertain men but to celebrate their success and their power yeah and it was completely that, about the two of them exactly. and bond their bond that they were forming their appreciation of each other and i think that that threatens a lot of in you know a lot of men who are not as secure in themselves and um that somehow their fear that female success will take something away from them, um, the fear that they're not as, as the most powerful or fear that women won't need them anymore or something. Um, you know, no, nobody, no men complained about Star-Lord's dance-off to save the universe in Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy 1. Right. You know, or, or Zemo's cringeworthy solo dancing in the Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, in fact, they, you know, instead they enjoyed it. They laughed at it for what it was. It was comical. Um, but not She-Hole. She-Hole twerking, uh, you know, that, that, that's something they just think is a bridge too far. So, um, 
So I think a couple more examples of this subtext that's going on throughout these first three episodes, at least, is um, when Jen was on the witness stand talking about this, you know, the fact that this guy is so delusional. Um, I think they're trolling. I think the show is trolling this male audience that's toxic. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's you know hilarious. What? Good on them. And, <laughs> and incels. <laughs> And incels in particular. One of the yeah. people they show in the news crawl is a guy who says they yeah. took the Hulk's manhood away, but then they gave it to a woman. I really and don't I, understand that. I, I want to know like, who he thinks they are. No, one, they, and two, what is what type of manhood are we talking about? Like, I really the violent, don't understand. The side of him that was violent and uncontrollable—that's masculine to you. Um, yeah. I think the show's pointing out the illogicalness and the um, pettiness and the uh, uh, insecurity that a lot of men in our society today feel that when women gain power, that somehow that cancels their power. It doesn't. Well, I think in, in underneath way, that is a concern and a fear that when women do get power, they're going to use it the way men have used it against women. Right. Well, so that's what they're afraid of. And it's not what's going to happen because most women are like, why would we do that? Um, I mean, there are some psycho women, but. uh, No, I think think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. I think it's an excellent point. And I think it it happens a lot in in racism, too. I think a lot of racism is is based in a lot of the same, you know, um, fears and anxieties. Yeah, it's like, oh, they're going to try to kill us. And I'm like, I just want to be able to walk alone at night. Like, I'm not looking to get payback on any of you guys. I just, well, maybe there's some people. But um, and then, mostly yeah, the, I want to be able to walk at night. Yeah. The the last one I thought that was, was, was powerful and, and, again, reiterates the subtext that's going on is that there's the interview she does on the news. Oh, God, then, so funny. And then they say when they, you know, at the break, they're like, oh, they're going to come back and you're going to learn all about diet and exercise exercise rituals. (laughs) And again, the show leaning into real life complaints from Marvel female actors like Scarlett Johansson, who have pointed out time and time again, and you can go on on YouTube and find the clips of this. It's, It's disgusting. When they're getting interviewed, they get asked these like sexist, degrading questions while they're sitting there with male co stars who get totally. Never get those kind of questions. Yeah, that's that's something that I've I've seen. Like people are like, oh yeah, in the middle of this thing, oh, what made you wear this? Who the fuck cares? Right. Like, why yeah. are you asking me about the fucking dress that I'm wearing when you just asked my male co-stars about what it was like to f- you know fight in this particular scene or right. all of this fucking attention or whatever the case is? Right. Oh, why or are you wearing you- this dress? Who the f- what? Don't fucking ask me those goddamn stupid fucking questions. Oh, okay. And all right. Yeah. I want to send a general shout out to Chris Evans for always being an ally and in some of those interviews, like stepping in and being like, oh, I'm wearing a t shirt from The Gap. (laughs) Like, he he does it charmingly and without hesitation. Yeah, disarmingly. So, yeah. And I got to say also right now, Kirk, I want to thank you for being an ally. Thank you. Yeah, you're no problem. Um, well, that kind of rolls into my next point, um, which is the just the media circus in general, 
right? She's a public figure and she really doesn't want to be. And she's in kind of a denial stage at until the end of this episode. And uh, I just thought some of the things that the press were saying were kind of funny. Like one woman says, the statuesque green lawyer has been plagued by public backlash with many questioning her qualifications, which of course Jen predicted, right? Um, right. And then uh, one guy is like, is it true you were rumored to be, you were rejected by the Avengers? And then that other news person turns around and is like, it's rumored she was rejected by the Avengers. <laughs> right. And yeah. it's like, that's how, you know, stupid that's gossip exactly starts. exactly how that stuff starts, yeah. Yeah. Is it true you got your powers from a failed mafia hit? Um, that was a Which good one. Funny. And no, my favorite. That's yeah. actually also a Easter egg. Right. Yeah, because that's that from the, the original origin. That's all right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I forgot about that, yeah. And then the pregnant with the abominations baby and her reaction to it where she was like, oh, that's the father, um, <laughs> was just really that, yeah, funny. Yeah, just the back and forth between her and Nikki was, was really good. Yeah, and oh, it's a little bit of a tangent, but when Pug sits down at the bar and says, Dennis Bukowski, and Nikki just slides her cocktail over to him, <laughs> I just... <laughs> It was like this moment where I was like, oh, this is the gang now. Like, these three are tight. Um, Nikki has not gotten what you were talking about or what you were hoping for last week, where she's like more of a – but she is playing this particular role phenomenally. Yeah, she's delightful. Um, And again, her costume, her her wardrobe is – she's clearly a more is more woman. And she (laughs) is – it's exquisite. I adore Nikki. She's so fun. And I'm just going to add in the thirst trap picture that she took from just the drawing at the end. Oh, like yeah, the with credits. the books. <laughs> with the books. It was, I was like, I mean, I'd, I'd be into that, you know, sure. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's gorgeous and oh, he yeah. likes books. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> excellent. Uh, she's excellent. Yeah. I think she's a great, I think she, and they, they work off of each other really well because Jen's, you know, trying to be, you know, you know, polite and proper and, um, you know, and, and Nikki's just, you know, get the job done, do whatever it takes. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I also thought it was interesting that Blonsky's the one who finally convinced her to do the interview. Um, he's like, you know, they're going to write a story either way. So you should be a part of it. And she sort of got this look on her face. Like he's, he's right. He's trying. And I think because he's another person who's been in kind of that situation, she really took his advice to heart. Whereas there's a little bit of her that probably was like, easy for you to say, Nikki, you're not the one in the public eye. But Blonsky, on the other hand, has, you know, been plastered all over the news. Literally the exact same position where he came into this and, you know, unwillingly, at least that particular portion of him. And then they're going to write stuff. So controlling the narrative is absolutely I'm not going to say vital, but it's up to you. I think it's also, it could be, a, you know, uh, I could be reading into it, but the the show within the show concept, you know, um, and again, you know, there as a show, they're choosing to lean into this controversy about women's power. Every time they do a women power empowered movie or show it gets a lot of reactions so this one they le- they're leaning into it and they're just taking that and saying this is going to come so we're just going to deal with it and and not try to like pussyfoot around it we're going to do our thing and he's kind of telling her to that the same they're going to come after you either way so why not control the narrative as best you can yourself 
You know what I yeah, mean? Little, yeah, little known kind of rumor. Literally, what the show is trying to do. Yeah, li- little known rumor. Uh, all of those like tweets were actually from when they talked about come bringing out a She-Hulk show, as opposed to, <laughs> uh, as opposed to like in the show. Those were actual no shit yeah. tweets when yeah, they just I talked about it. making a show for tweets I for She-Hulk. It. That I is not true. Know. That is one hundred percent not true. But it would make complete and utter sense that if if it was. I mean, I'm sure that some of the things that were said were said, like the first me too and now all the male heroes are gone mm-hmm. or what yeah. was the guy one guy was like i don't mind having uh female heroes but they should make their own thing or whatever they should do it their own way yeah they, they should have their own powers not just re not a, just a, a female hulk we have to well, have that, all female that, superheroes now are you fucking serious God. yeah well that that's also because the, the, the comics get a lot of heat for um regendering a, a character or changing the ethnicity of a character and you know, I think that you know you you can expect a lot of that when Captain America four comes out, and mm-hmm. you know, and you know you have a black Captain America, and you know it's just there's a a part of our society that just just can't handle that. You know? it, it's funny because we're finally reaching like the 1990s and 2000s for like in the MCU, like where the comics were in 1990 in the yeah. late 90s and early 2000s. <laughs> Where we are branching out into uh, into you know a black Captain America and when I and people are still in that nineteen eighties nineteen you know early nineteen nineties uh, viewpoint or maybe even nineteen sixties viewpoint of well no that doesn't make any sense um, which is just fucking ridiculous. All right, sorry. All right, and I'm gonna step back and uh, all right. So Penny, uh, you want to finish? Um, I think that was my whole point. Oh, and that they uh, had a picture of Jen that they had circled and said it was her baby bump. I mean, that <laughs> happens all the time to celebrities, and it always drives me crazy. It's like, I'm pretty sure that's just the button of her jacket. Like, it's just, they're just right. dying for her to have. And this uh, the phrase baby bump makes me insane. It's so, I don't know, condescending. Um, <laughs> it absolutely is. So her look and, you know, rolling her eyes and Nikki being like, ha that's funny. I was like, yeah, that's how I would react to that one, too. I would have been like, there's nothing you could do when people are that crazy. <laughs> uh, anything else? No, go ahead. Okay. Um, so my other point is the the whole B story. Um, now, m- I had heard of Megan Thee Stallion. Uh, I was not super familiar with her music, um, but I've listened to a few now. And uh, yeah, I, I think in the in the same vicinity of rap is like Cardi B and um, and Nicki Minaj. I'm not 100% sure because it's not really my particular style, although I found some songs that I like. Um so that was, I mean, I thought that, that her being on, on this show was, was really, really entertaining. Um, and then the, the fact that the, we are seeing after love and thunder where we saw new, new Asgard and some of the children from the Asgardians slash Americans or not, not Americans, but humans, earthlings, earthlings, um, Norwegians. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is Norway, right? Yeah. Is it yes. Norway? Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, so like we, we, we get some, oh, well, she's, uh, you know, she's a diplomat effectively. So she has immunity because, nope, we're not in New Asgard. We are in, you know, right. uh, 
we are in LA. Um, and I, I, I really enjoyed a lot of that. I don't know who the actress was who played the, the light elf, but she was joyfully just goofy and kind of over the top. And it, it kind of, it matched everything else in the episode yeah. with the ridiculousness and the goofiness and the over the top. But just to me, because I was stuck in this, I don't know. Maybe I just have to go rewatch it again and just be like, okay, it's a fucking half hour TV show and everything's going to be wrapped up by the end. And I just, just like, she was, she was good in this super goofy role. And she has some, some entertaining shape shifting, uh, between being Dennis and being pug. And, uh, I mean, the, the whole line, I like to harass women in the workplace. Oh, right. It's my thing. Or it's my kick. And she's like, I oh, know I don't, I don't ladies really. I don't. Um, and then the judge, I, I thought, I thought that was an entertaining storyline. Um, but again, for me personally, it just wasn't hitting my buttons um, for for this particular episode. Uh, it's like I complimented and like it was like I, I negged them by like uh, like a compliment yeah. and a, in a negative way or maybe a negative in a positive way. I don't know. Anyway, it was I, it was well, it I was a I, little I found, bit too goofy for me. I found the, that character annoying. Right. But I think that was the point, right? That that you know we we were you know that that was supposed to be your reaction to that character because she was doing these you know annoying, disruptive, pain in the ass things you know um, like impersonating and gleefully so yeah, yeah. gleefully it, and, and having so much fun at at all the misery that she's causing and and, and I will credit the actors that played both sides because. Yeah. Like they, each of them absolutely embodied that light elf's character when yeah. she was impersonating them. The the actors did a phenomenal job in being like, oh, you know what? Yeah, uh, I just need to do some light, some new information. I'm gonna overturn my ruling. So, yeah. yay! Bing, bing, bing! Get down from there! <laughs> like Pug's face when he's like, oh. I mean, just the 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 shock is like, oh my gosh, that's actually happening. Those I thought it was. It was it was a lot of fun. The reactions to her I enjoyed much more than the actual character. Um, but yeah, it was relatively short. But that was that was kind of my thing. Uh, my last thing was just Wong. I mean, I I, I like oh his, yeah, we didn't I'm bring up Wong his yet. guest yeah. appearance. Um, you know, I think he's. Uh, I, I hope he gets his own show at some point. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't for a minute believe his story about the abomination. Um, I think he's covering uh, for them, and I'm not sure why. I perhaps I think that that I don't think that was training for him to become the sorcerer supreme in any way, shape, or form. Um, I, I think he's perhaps training him to be part of the Thunderbolts, um, and I don't know why Wong would be involved in that, but uh, uh, I, I think that that's going to tie into that somehow. Because yeah. even when they like the when they the Shang Chi movie, I don't know if you did you yeah, both see it. that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So he said, you know, when that scene takes place, he says to him, "You need to work on this. You need to work on that. You're not doing this right. You know, right. You need, let's get back and you know you'll work on that." So it, it wasn't for Wong; it was for him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. But what it's for, we're not sure. I, I think I, I, my guess is by the at the end of this series, we're gonna see. Uh, Madam, whatever her name is, I can't remember the the Hydra lady, um, 
well, that's not, yeah, but it's the the woman from uh, Seinfeld. Oh, oh Julia, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah, we're going to uh, see her character with Leblonsky. Yeah, Vela, Vela oh, Nueva, or Valerie yeah, Nueva. something. Yeah, so, something like that. Yeah. Um, I think she's going to be at the end recu- recruiting him, but that's just a theory. It's a good theory. I have a theory. That would, that would, that would make sense. <laughs> that was a Buffy reference. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to keep pouring salt in the wound, but it just came out. Uh, I understand. I am a Buffy lover as well. Um, yeah. So my uh, my third point is about the Wrecking Crew, just that that's the name of the group of people that attacked yeah. Jen in the alley. Um, in the comics, they have like construction-themed costumes. These guys were a little more subtle. Yeah. Um, I didn't read the whole Wikipedia article because I was like, wait, I don't want spoilers. Um, but uh, I just loved Jen being like reacting instinctively with fear right. and then being like, oh, right. And yeah. just that was and then, great. Then the look on her face was so amused but annoyed. It was just this funny combination of like, all right, let's just I'll just knock you guys out. I mean, God. I, I was trying to figure out if that was a fourth wall break or not, where she goes, oh, yeah. I didn't know if she was looking at camera. Like she, I don't think she was looking at camera. But yeah. no, I think it was more. I think it was more just in herself. You know, right. just the the her her, her her lifelong trained reaction. It was fear and 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 it took a minute for her to kick in. That wait a minute, I have the ability to you know completely control this situation. Right. I have a very nerdy question. So in different movies when I've seen Bruce Banner and something attacks him or hurts him, he doesn't get hurt. He turns into the Hulk immediately and is protected. So if that guy had tried to inject that needle in her, I assume they're trying to take a blood sample or something. Right. Um, or maybe it was drugs to poison her. I don't know. Anyway, um, would she have, like, would her skin have repelled it? Would she have instinctively turned into the Hulk? Is it automatic? Or because she can control it, is that not what would happen? Well, I think that I don't know. I don't think that Bruce's, like, skin is impervious to it. Although he has, I mean, I don't think he's been shot as Bruce. He's been shot as. He tried to shoot himself. Yeah, I don't I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, um, I think that that what they established with with Bruce in the um beginning in the first, you know, two three phases of Marvel MCU was that he his was he couldn't con- he didn't control it, but he could not kill himself. He could not die because as soon as something happened like that, he would transform, and the trans part of the transformation process um, also, you know, would heal him, and right. any damage that he did would be repaired. Um, and that that's what they established there. Yeah, I so- think I think it's is going to be a little different with her. Um, although in the first episode, when they do the transformation test, he does the transformation transformation test with her when she's sleeping. Mm-hmm. And she's sleeping as Jen, and he blows the horn, and she turns into She-Hulk when she wakes up. I don't know if you guys yeah. recall yep. that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So there yeah. is a reflex that they've established that – so, like, yeah, I think if she got shot, she would probably turn right into the Hulk 
and and that wouldn't be an issue. Is the answer that would be my guess? Yeah, the the needle. I don't know. Um, what do I, you mean? I, I I just don't know. Like being shot is you know traumatic and and whatnot. Is it a matter of you couldn't pierce her skin like Luke Cage in the Netflix series? Oh, no, no, no. She could. I mean, look, Bruce's skin cut, I mean, in the very first episode and bled all over her. And right, that's with the cut. inhibitor, with, with the anti-Hulk inhibitor. Um, right. But the, the point being that when he's in human form, he's, he yeah, he's is vulnerable. susceptible. I think well, that, that but would the be, yeah. inhibitor kept him from transforming to protect himself from the car accident. Correct. So that after he got hurt. He couldn't transform or didn't transform, so right. he, you know, but um, only because he had the inhibitor. But um, I think that if they had stabbed her, I think they were trying to get blood from her. Is what I right. how I took yep. it. And if they had stabbed her with that and she transformed, um, then that thing would have been destroyed, and she yeah. would have been fine. And they probably it was destroyed. Did you see it? It was like all yeah. yeah. It, was like a, up. it looked like a thunderbolt. Oddly yeah. enough, maybe that was a little Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> could be, um, could be. The guy with the needle apparently was named Thunderball, which I just found entertaining. <laughs> yeah, they have the the Wrecking Crew has a hilarious bunch of names. I mean, they are like low level mm-hmm. hero, uh, super villain. They didn't seem very bright. No, and they're not in the comic either. <laughs> oh, I, you're from the comic. That's that's pretty funny. Yeah, no, they are from the comic. They were a bunch of. Uh, construction workers and they get uh they i believe it's an asgardian god of some kind uh, or witch or something um impu- imbues them with with these powers <laughs> and they and their and their 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 tools become these you know glorified asgardian weapons you know and uh and they start be, you know doing crime with it and stuff but they're pretty dumb <laughs> yeah they 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 seem that way so uh, that's I've, an awesome nod to the comic because I, I mean, I, I do wonder who the boss is, um, uh, because I have not read the comics and, uh, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, Kirk, you're like, oh yeah, this is the guy in charge of them. But, uh, well, my, my, my feeling is I would, I, I think there's a possibility it would be the kingpin. That's what I was thinking. Him and, and you know what I mean? And he would be trying to get, you know, he, he had a level up of power. Um, that I think was gained during the blip, um, or right after the blip, or whatever, and because he's not the same strength as he was in the Netflix, he's he's definitely stronger. Um, yeah, in so, Hawkeye, he was stronger. Right, exactly. So I think I think he's pro- you know he could be trying to isolate the super soldier uh, serum, and which is uh, you know, or the banner transformation blood that right. you know, they, they were trying to use to create a new super soldier serum. Um, uh, what's his name was uh, Thunderbolt Ross, but um, most likely, I think, though, the villain might be um, the leader. The leader is a famous uh, Hulk villain who's basically the uh, He's like a Hulk, only with his brain just gets huge. Well, so he, that's the guy that I couldn't remember his name last week, but Tim Blake Nelson played him in The Incredible Hulk, right? In the first movie, correct. Um, and uh, they end that movie with him getting some of the blood into right. him, and he starts transforming, and his head starts expanding and everything else. But um, it, And then they hinted to that also in the first episode when Bruce destroys the blood. 
samples. Right. And says you can't we can't let this ever get into anybody's hands. <laughs> that, that I was he knows Right. They know that people are trying to get that blood because they're trying to use it to create weapons out of it or, or, or modified people out of it. And um, so, and since the leader, you know, in, in that first movie was all about using his blood and trying mm. to, you know, I think there's a very high likelihood that that's who that, that villain will end up being. That, I mean, I would, I would love to see Tim Blake Nelson again. Um, <laughs> I was a little disappointed that we never got an, add on yeah. to the incredible Hulk so that we couldn't see him develop. Yeah. If he shows up here, I'd be super happy. I loved in that first episode when, <laughs> when he says on the phone to her about Blonsky and he's like, Oh, you know, that fight was so long ago. I was a totally different guy. then. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I fucking love that. That, that was a, right. that was a very good, uh, a very good, like, you know, and then we we actually had a, a section on the news last week where uh, Mark Ruffalo actually added the literally. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. that's 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 good stuff. I mean, it's part of what made you know makes some of the Marvel movies so fun is the right. ability to poke fun at themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, just uh, it's, I think it's great, and they do a great job of it. And they they reward us for viewing multiple properties by having oh, yeah. these little jokes and things it's it's a way to keep the audience like you feel like haha i got the joke it, it makes you right. feel like a, a marvel insider or something you're in on it yeah well you know it's funny you say that because one again one of the things that that differentiated the marvel comics at least from the 60s on i'd say late six mid 60s on i think fantastic four was 63 um and is the the way that they dealt or, or reacted to or involved their readers, DC just did, you know, was did not attempt to do that in any way. And Marvel, with their uh, with their reader comments and reader interaction and letters, but then Stan Lee started this thing called the Stan Lee Soapbox. I think it was called yep. Soapbox, right? Yeah. And you know he would start to he would use that like almost like an editorial, but he would talk to the fans as if he was sitting in a you know your living room talking with you, and and he would give you all sorts of backstory on the production of the comics and the making of the comics and the evolution of the stories and and then you know they had these terminology for Marvel people and Marvel events and things and you know they would he would throw that around and so you as you and the bullpen, the, the, the guys and girls that worked on the books and they would call them out all the time. And so as you, as a reader, you read the book and then you went immediately to the letters column and read the letters and the back and forth between the editors and the, the, the people writing in and which is the, that, that time's version of blogging and boards and all the interaction that we have yeah, now and online, listener Twitter. feedback and yeah right, absolutely. Listener, exactly and and uh, at that point that's how we did it and um marvel did that really 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 well and um it, it built this loyalty and it made you feel like you were somehow involved in a way that you know that was was unique and special and different right um and and so you yeah you wanted to read everything so you were up on everything so there's yeah. my little, my little, there's my little soapbox. <laughs> Kirk's soapbox. I always bring it back to comics. 
<laughs> yeah, well, this is a Marvel podcast, so thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like a broken record. <laughs> All right. Uh, Penny, was that – who are we on? Are you on – I think you? it's I you. just went on I just did Wong and that was it for me. Oh that's Yeah, right. and then I talked Penny? about Wrecking Crew. So Oh, okay. Greg, we're back to you. All right. So um my last point is I'm just gonna <laughs> slow clap to the uh to the, the guest uh or to the, the cameos and to like Tim Roth was fantastic. Oh yeah. so uh, fun. Oh. He was he was hysterical. He was uh, you know almost dry. Uh, the the interaction with his soulmates, um, yeah. and, uh, like he, Tim Roth was just phenomenal. Well, he's, uh, just, he's a fantastic actor. I mean, he's yeah. he, oh no, he's he's amazing. He's absolutely yeah. amazing. Have you guys seen but, Lie to Me? His uh, series where he plays a like a human lie detector. Um, it's worth it. <laughs> oh. The first really? two seasons are really good. I don't think the third season. What, what's it on? Um, I mean, it's old, so it's. I think it's on Netflix. Um, did you get? It's fun. I, a, a fantastic uh, character he did was. Uh, I think it's called Mister Love. Did you see that movie? It's got. Um, it's a story about an assassin who starts tries to quit being an assassin and fall in love with this girl, and there's this other assassin guy that's coming after him, and he plays that character and it's just uh <clears throat> it's just a wonderful wonderful portrayal. oh i'm gonna look that up that sounds great yeah we'll yeah. have to google that yeah. yeah um yeah so tim roth was phenomenal um like every scene that he was in was was great and uh the way he presented emil was was great and then benedict wong um uh, as wong uh, like every scene he was in, he basically stole a show. Like, yeah, you know, and uh, you know the, the the tapping of the nose and yeah, uh, the, like like the, just all the things. Oh, you, I know, I know what you're thinking. You want me to erase everybody's memories? No, it's that would be highly unethical. And probably it's really messy. Also, really messy. <laughs> and, I mean, I guess this falls under like Easter eggs, but uh, you know, oh, send it to the mirror dimension. Oh no, the the shadow dimension, and I believe the shadow dimension was from Love and Thunder, right? That was the shadow was yeah from the Love and yeah. Thunder. No, no, yeah, Love and Thunder, yeah, the Thor um, movie, yeah, the, yeah, the Thor movie. Yeah. And I was just like, he's just like, oh right, sorcery is a uh, backup plan or Plan B, and he's right. like, don't tap your nose. <laughs> he was he was awesome in that, um, yeah. and then um, like the the kind of the matter of factness that he like presented his. Oh yes, I absolutely did all of these things, and he bears no blame for any of it. Well, you right. understand, you committed a felony by aiding an escape. I have to depart. Gotta and, go. <laughs> gotta go. Gotta go. And I mean, it's, both of them were were just were just great. Um, and uh, and then so we did get a character uh, of called Mallory Book, um, played by Renee Elise Goldsberry. Um, that I'm not familiar with her, uh, but she was, I, I looked her up because I was like, Hmm, who is that? And she was on, uh, a, she's been on a couple of shows. She's done some voice acting work. Uh, I'm looking forward to her being, uh, a little bit more of a, uh, like, cause I mean, pug obviously was in the superhuman, uh, law division and he had a little bit the bigger part. And now Mallory, uh, hopefully will have maybe a bigger part next well, week. Mallory is in the comics. 
Okay. Um, I don't know her. <clears throat> I don't. I never read books with her in it, or if I did, I don't remember them. But I have seen people talking about her, and they have a bit of an adversarial relationship because she kind of feels like uh, she was there first, and it's kind of her domain, and you know, gotcha. kind of, it feels threatened by by Jen. Uh, at least in the comic, that's how it plays out. Uh, gotcha. She had a great line when she said something like, uh, happy to not be involved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's great. Oh, oh, I can't talk to a 10 when I'm talking about sensitive man stuff. <laughs> Glad to be not be involved. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, yeah, like all of, all of the interactions of all of the guests and whatnot, I will say with the exception of the light all food, like, as you said, Kirk was just kind of annoying. Um, were were great and and fantastic. Uh, they made the most of their short appearances, and uh, I am curious where this uh, like where this plot of land that Abomination is going to go. So I did feel that the that the uh, that the like all right, uh, basically we came back and yeah, you're free to go. All right, cool. See ya. See you later. Yeah, uh, you get the little, fuck out of here. Thought it was a little quick. Yeah, um, a little light, a little quick. But I, would, I mean, as again, back to back to my expectations of a legal show. Um, it's I need to temper them and uh, and and be okay with the fact that uh, that it isn't as serious as as I'm used to. You're saying, Penny? Um, I don't remember what I was about to say. No worries. Uh, yeah. So so that's the, that's basically my my point is that like I I really enjoyed all the kind of cameos and. Maybe we won't have cameos next week. Uh, maybe we'll actually just have. But I mean, given this a superhuman law di- division, like maybe we're designed to have cameos every week. Um, I tell you what, if Ed Norton shows up, I am all about it. As oh, that would be so else. great. Uh, I, I can only I can only hope. But uh, <laughs> well, we're halfway through now, right? Uh, no, no, there's nine three, episodes. Or, yeah, nine well, episodes. There's nine. This. I thought there was only six. Yeah, no, there's, yeah nine. there's nine. Oh, awesome. This is like more closer to, to One Division, which I think had Excellent. nine half-hour episodes. Excellent. Um, I don't remember. I think One Division maybe had seven. I don't remember. I, I, I'm not going to pretend nine, I remember. Yeah, I don't remember specifically, but I, th- I thought it was nine because I thought it was nine. It was four, still four and a half hours, which was you know double the size of a, an actual movie. All right, Kirk, any last last notes? No. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Vinny? <laughs> uh, I just had one, which is about the soulmates. Um, I was glad we got to see them, and they were all, like, giddy schoolgirlish. Um, and he called them his better eighths. Uh, which that was, was pretty funny. Pretty funny. Um, I don't understand why they were all dressed like extras from a Shakespeare in the Park production of Midsummer Night's Dream. <laughs> Um, the wreaths, the white dresses, it just seemed a little weird. Um, and, uh, speaking of dresses and clothes, um, I'm a little disappointed so far in Jen's wardrobe. It's really, really conservative, a lot of boxy gray suits. And in the comics, she's, she's got a lot of glamorousness to her. And I'm hoping that the show started her off boring so that we can get some kind of hilarious 80s you know pretty woman montage or something and that she kind of grows into the into the the spotlight 
Yeah. Kind of, I mean, there's maybe definitely not, maybe a not, scene. Not it enjoys it, but. Draft. You got to have the character, you know, the, the character's got to have room to grow. Right. And, yeah. And start to take, you know, go in different directions. Uh, wh- the, what I don't like about the suits is just that, you know, the reality is if she, even if that's a little size or too big on her, it's not going to fit She-Hulk. When she holds <laughs> right. that size, it would shred. Yeah. Um, Tatiana Maslany is tiny. She is. She is, she is very trying, weak. I don't know what the answer is. They're trying to kind of have their cake and eat it too. And and, and to me, that adds to a little bit of taking you out of it and the, right. the CGI kind of thing, you know. Um, in the comic, she pretty much just stays in Hulk form. Um, but when she's in court, she dresses like, you know, like Penny said, she's, you know, she dresses to the nines. And, um, and everything fits right, you know what I mean, at that size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think that that would be a more impressive, uh, you know, but they are trying to limit the CGI. They don't want her in CGI the whole show, probably. You know? I, honestly, after this episode, I really don't want her in CGI the whole time either. <laughs> I'm hoping we're going to get a fun fashion cameo, somebody like a Christian Siriano. I don't know if you guys know this about him, but several years ago, uh, Leslie Jones uh, tweeted that she was having trouble getting any designers to dress her because of her size. She is also a statuesque woman. And Christian Siriano was like, I will, I will. And he made her a dress for the Ghostbusters premiere that was perfect for her. It was gorgeous, this red dress. She was glowing. She, you know... She gave him tons of press. Right. You know how effusive she can be. That's and, awesome. Um, he's he's an amazing designer. People who don't care about fashion just block me out of your mind for a minute. But um, he's very uh, size inclusive. He's very progressive. And uh, he was originally a Project Runway winner. And uh, he's gone on to have this oh, just cool. this amazing career. Um, he's worth That's following. Great. So I'm hoping somebody like him will show up uh, and and you know be like, oh Jen, I'll make you a dress or something like that. That'd be fun. That would be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, the end credit song, by the way, was by Yonaka, and it's called "Seize the Power," and has uh, you know, "Seize the Power" type lyrics that uh, right. I really enjoyed. Right. I was wondering if that was a a Megan the Stallion song. Um, yeah, I, I think thought it might be too. They I, played a Megan the. Yeah, they played a Megan the. They Stallion were twerking song. to yeah. body, right? Yeah, that's a Megan the Stallion song. I think because um, the Megan the Stallion decision. Well, we'll get to that in the news, but uh, we'll get to that in the news. <laughs> okay. All right. Any other notes? No. No. Nope. Okay. Um, all right. So I just have a couple. Um, I thought I did think it was funny. Oh, you thought Megan the Stallion. Drove Passat. I, I drive a Passat, <laughs> so I would agree that Megan the Stallion would not drive a Passat. Yeah, that's great. That uh, was great. One hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars for a girlfriend. Maybe as a, an associate at the DA's office, you have that kind of money lying around. No, maybe he's got I a trust fund. I think Dennis might be a trust fund kid. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I was just like, what? Like Jesus? That's a whole house in it. No. No, yeah, that's no not, way. That's, that's not public defender money. Yeah, that, yeah. I was like, Matt, it, Matt Murdoch will tell you that. <laughs> uh, the, the the response of Pug, that's a whole house, and he's like, no, no it's not. What? Yeah, that, he's that, he's got to have money from his family. Well, plus even 
nowadays, 175,000 isn't even a house. In some parts of the country, it could be. Um, It's gotten gotten pretty bad. Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, The Cybertruck, I didn't know what a Cybertruck was. Uh, Oh, you're just impressed that I drive a Cybertruck. Like what? What the fuck is a Cybertruck? I'm assuming it is. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, I assume it's that like it takes me back like to like a Tesla or something. Yeah, that takes me back to like Cybermen from Doctor Who, and I'm yeah. like, oh, I, don't, I don't know what I don't know what it is that you're driving, but it might he have some AI. Cybermen. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Uh. So we will be back. There's more to come. Stay with us. And we're back. Uh, let's see what's in the news, Greg. All right. Uh, so the the article by, or well, to Variety, uh, how She-Hulk got Megan the Stallion to twerk with Tatiana Maslany. That was the highlight of my life. Uh, roughly two weeks before shooting the third episode of Marvel Studios' She-Hulk Attorney at Law, head writer Jessica Gao pulled aside Tatiana Maslany, who plays lawyer Jennifer and Walters, uh, to tell her... The show had ca- who had the show had cast for a crucial cameo in the episode. Jennifer's former former colleague of the DA's office, chronic mansplainer Den- Dennis Piskowski, uh, sues an Asgardian ship shapeshifter for fraud after she tricked him into dating her by transforming into a massive celebrity that Dennis had no chance in hell of actually dating. For weeks, the show's producers had been debating which celebrity would work best. There was a big, varied list of very different people who constantly changed. Gauto's variety. And the type of celebrity really ebbed and flowed, depending on what kind of jokes we wanted to make. Finally, they settled on the perfect person for the for the cameo, rap superstar Megan Thee Stallion. I was probably pretty close to tears with excitement, Maslany explains, about how she felt when Gao delivered her the news. I'm such a big fan of hers. Her enthusiasm for Megan was not, to be clear, something Maslany was shy about. It wasn't like she was a fan because she was about to meet Megan. She was a fan fan. The suggestion to use Megan, says director and executive producer Kat Koiro, uh, came from She-Hulk co- co-star Jamila Jamil, who worked with Megan on the HBO Max reality competition show Legendary. Uh, Megan really fit into the whole ethos of what we're trying to do with the show. Uh, Koiro says, she's a really powerful, larger-than-life person, and we love the idea that She-Hulk lo- of She-Hulk looking up to her. Uh, while Megan the Stallion is mentioned throughout the episode, the rapper herself only has a little... Nope, I'm going to redo that. Three, two. While Megan the Stallion is mentioned throughout the episode, the rapper herself has very little screen time. In fact, her biggest scene comes after the credits when Megan and She-Hulk take a moment to twerk for a twerk break in She-Hulk's office to the hit to Megan's hit song Body. That was like the highlight of my life, Meslani says. When Jess was like, hey, we're writing you a scene where you're going to dance with her. I basically died. Like I fell off the planet. I fixated on that moment for two weeks and I couldn't talk to her. I don't know. I didn't know how to be around her. Maslany had been worried. We've all discovered that not only is Tatiana a huge Megan fan, but she's an amazing twerker and dancer. Quero says it might be CGI character, but that is all Tatiana in that moment. The twerking sequence wasn't really choreographed either. We just let him dance. The director adds, we played the song. We put a few cameras on them. I had to keep telling the camera operators to go down. They're being very respectful. I said, guys, you got to point the camera down. 
recalls Maslani with a massive grin. As soon as the song played, you just have to go. I've been prepping for that my whole life. She was amazing. Uh, that's that that makes me just that that warms the cockles of my heart. Um, that that's that's an awesome awesome little uh, you know insight into even stars can be uh, fanboys or fangirls. Um, that's that's fantastic. Absolutely. Do you know if she wears? Does she have to wear the um, mocap suit? I think so. There was an article about yeah, it, and they were saying sure, that but. she and Bruce were in the mocap suits, or Mark Ruffalo, and nobody else was, of course, and it made them sort of bond and seem more like family. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I would, I would assume so. Because um, I also read that they use a there's a figure model that they use. Yeah, for, I read that too. Um, yeah, that's this really tall woman, um, close to the her height, I guess. And uh, yeah, she they, may be able, to be, maybe the one actually wearing the, one the suit. That yeah, cap suit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that. All of that technology is just crazy, phenomenal that that they could do that. Yeah, it's mind blowing. All right, uh, moving on to listener feedback uh, from Facebook. Uh, Kirk, why don't you go ahead and take the first one? Sure. Uh, Sherry Morford writes, uh, this show gives me joy. Loving the cameos, especially especially the completely unexpected Megan the Stallion. Just such a fun show with a lead character I absolutely love. Ditto. Yeah, yeah she's she's great. And this I mean, I, it, it is a lot of fun, even if I didn't necessarily like this episode as much. Maybe I just have to shift my paradigm. I'll be good. Penny? <laughs> Um, yeah, are we on Jeff Allen? We are. Yeah. So Jeff Allen writes, really appreciated all of the digs this show is taking at internet warriors complaining about female superheroes. I feel like most, yeah, I feel like most of those quotes were actually taken verbatim from Twitter during the whole (laughs) Brie Larson, Captain Marvel complainathon. Halfway through the episode, I finally realized that Megan the Stallion was apparently a real person and not some weird name the writers came up with. By the end of the episode, I realized I was happier when I thought she wasn't real. All right, from Bob Oaks. I think She-Hulk finally hit its stride as, as a series with this episode. It was funny and entertaining. I laughed out loud during the episode, which did not happen in the previous two episodes. I sincerely hope we get more episodes like this going forward. I don't need this to be an action show, but if they're going to be funny, then I want it to be funny. Fair enough. Danielle DeMont Joist. She's supposed to be a stellar lawyer, but I haven't seen evidence of it so far. Yep. Yeah. She seems like she barely knows what she's doing. It might be a tad tough. It might be a tad harsh. Maybe. But (laughs) uh, I also felt like the reaction when Blonsky turned into the abomination was a bit over the top. He was obviously calm and contained, but I guess they were trying to reinforce how terrified the people are supposed to be of him. But I did enjoy the episode and continue to look forward to them each week. Yeah, I thought that, yeah, plus the cell is built to contain him. So, yeah, that, like, so that was, that's actually a really good point, Danielle. I, and I'm not trying to talk over you, Kirk. Uh, No, no, I agree. uh, But I, like, everybody's reaction to that I thought was very over the top and like, oh no, he couldn't possibly change because whatever. And now like, as he starts to grow, everybody's just freaking out more and more and more security guards are coming. And, you know, he's picking up tiny little crocs in his, in his claws. (laughs) And you're like, I mean, don't get me wrong. He probably should have given them a little bit of warning. 
he did say, let me go ahead and just, you know, prove that this is pointless to, to be afraid of me anyway, because I'm in full control. But I mean, it was like, everybody was just like, ha ha. Like they just kept taking longer and longer intakes of breath as he got bigger. And I was just like, okay, that's a little, that, that was one of another one of the scenes that I was just like, all right, this is kind of dumb. On a, on a more positive note, uh, I'm, I'm going to jump in here with the, since yeah. this was brought up. I think that um, the abomination CG is fantastic. And I think that the um, Hulk CG, Professor Hulk in episode one and mm-hmm. some of two was fantastic. And I actually thought the She-Hulk in episode one and to some degree in most of episode two was fantastic. Um, I think it was, you know, I think that that uh, Blonsky's was really, they have done such a great job of repairing the damage that was done to that character in the original movie. Right. Um, he he just looked nothing, he was horrible in that movie. He just looked like a big blob, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, now he's got definition, he's got the, 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 the kind of like fish wing ears, which is what's typical of him in the comic, and he's much more comic accurate, and it seems like they've, you know, they've really worked out a good a good CGI solution for him and i and i wonder too because he, they they used him in um was shang chi the first time we saw him in the new we did, uh, yeah right? after incredible yeah. hulk yes but it just i'm wondering too if part of the cg issue is that you know the, the hulk they like in other words i'm wondering if when they build these they com- com- continually improve and improve and improve every movie and then they've got this kind of like pre-built shell that just, you know, has been worked on multiple times and is just much, much better and stronger. You know, this is She-Hulk's first incarnation, right. very first incarnation. And I wonder if that's part of what's, what's going on here. Because I think that the, the, uh, the abomination is, is really well done. Um, and I think the Hulk has been really well done. And some, most of She-Hulk's, but... Um, I think that maybe they're still trying to figure out how it's all going to work for her character. You know? Yeah. The, the fact that the first episode was originally supposed to be the eighth. Um, like, and I, did I, not I know that. Yeah. I, I gave, I gave this compliment in our first episode or one of our first episodes. Um, like I, I felt like, like in the first episode, it was, she looked like it was practical effects. She looked yeah. like a woman in green makeup. Yeah, which is yeah. as good a, a compliment as you can give to a CGI. Yeah. yeah, I was so pleasantly surprised. Yeah, um, but yeah, the, I, I feel like we are seeing kind of a re- reversal of that. I mean, it may be that by episode eight they were like, "Oh yeah, no, like we're we've kind of figured it out." Um, yeah, but all right. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in there, but no, no worries. No, that's great. Um, our next comment is from Karen Schmelk-Cohn, and she says, Loved the mid-credit sequence. I'm a little impatient for a bigger picture storyline, but otherwise enjoyed this episode. Wondering if you think your average lawyer would be less frazzled by a late witness. I know that if it were me, I would have been extremely frazzled and <laughs> trying very hard not to let anyone see it, but probably sweating through my shirt under my suit. You know what would be going on? Nikki would be calling that motherfucker every goddamn minute. 
That's yeah. what should be happening. Wong, yeah. g- give me one of your little fucking sling rings and I can fucking do whatever I got to do to fucking let you know, hey, it's about that fucking time. Yeah. And in, in, in regard to Karen's question on a bigger picture, I, I don't think we're going to get a lot of big picture in this series. I think, that, you know, there are going to be hints. Obviously, we've got a hint about the... Uh, um, the, the ship that's come to get Hulk and bring him right. back to uh, to that to the, what's the name of the planet? Sakar. Sakar, right? So that's a bigger issue going on. We've got somebody who's trying to get her blood. That's a bigger issue going on. Um, you know, there, there there will be larger story arcs, but it that's not what this is. This is going to be an episodic thing, I think. Which know, to, I to I am point. I I am perfectly fine with. I, I can yeah. pre- I can appreciate Karen's concern. Um, yeah. And, and because every, you know, every, all of these tend to tie into each other. But uh, yeah, I I'm I'm enjoying the 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 one story, one line. Yeah. Sorry, one episode, one story. Right, and John Bucket, this is the first time the CG issues really bother me. Same here, buddy. Uh, but it's not enough to spoil my enjoyment of the the show as a whole. I'm loving the humor and the fun of it all. Absolutely, I'm I'm yep, I 100% agree with you. All right, uh, so we don't have anything else, but uh, we do have uh, one more important section, uh, our Marvel question of the week. Penny? Yeah, last week the question was, who do you ship? Who do you want to see get together in the Marvel Universe? I uh, assumed everyone knows the term ship, but if you don't, it's short for relationship, and it it's used in the fandom to mean you want two characters to be together. Often there's also a... A, a, a name, you know, where they squish them together. I think that's called a portmanteau. Um, and I posted a picture of Tony Stark and Bruce Banner cuddling and posed uh, the science bros as one example of a fan favorite ship. Not my own personally, but I enjoyed the whole fandom around that and, and the pictures are really funny. And Nan Imus wrote in, I don't actually ship them. Tony has too much ego, but I do love their bromance. I have been rewatching the Netflix shows. I ship Matt Murdock and Jen Walters. It, that that would be that would be interesting. Um, yeah, who that would definitely it? be interesting. Who who was who was it? Uh, Matt, Matt Mo- so Daredevil and She Hulk. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Kind of like a thing in uh, Alice. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah. The the yeah. blind uh, sculptor lady. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Well, I, sorry. I, do, All right, you go get, ahead. Do we, you do do we this get one. to do we get to ship? <laughs> yeah, we yeah, we will we will uh we will do ours at the end, Kirk. Okay, good. All right. All right, you go ahead and take the next one, Kirk. What's up, Mark? Mark's my my buddy. Uh I ship Darcy and Howard the Duck. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> only Mark. We kind of got that in what if. Uh, the series on Disney Plus, but I think they can get away with it in the MCU 616 in time. They did have an interspecies romance with Howard and Beverly and Howard the Duck, 1986 movie. <laughs> <laughs> How about Rocket Raccoon and somebody? <laughs> yeah, uh, Sherry Morford. I also ship Thor and Captain America. I think America is ready. I think you mean Asgardica is ready. That's, that's, I guess that would is that the would that be the combined name Asgardica or maybe American uh, and Asgard maybe Captain Asgard Captain Asgardica I think works 
Yeah, that's cute. Which which Thor? <laughs> oh man, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Although uh, Jin's uh, nothing. Spoiler deleted. Yeah. So, yep. All right, moving on. Uh, Danielle Dement Joyce says, "Oh, and I always wished we had gotten more of Natasha and Bruce as a couple. They were sweet together. I also think uh, Lewis from Ant Man and Darcy from Thor would be amazing together." And now they, that they she's talk. floated that, I'm I'm on board. Yeah, yeah like I, I, I'm I'm here for that. They they talk both talk so much and so quickly that uh, that would be phenomenal. It'd be so fun to listen to. Uh, Melissa Morganlander also wanted to see more Natasha and Bruce, and she sent a link uh, to an IndieWire article that explained that the Natasha Bruce relationship story was just a victim of time. Infinity War was too fully packed. They couldn't fit the scenes. They yeah, did write them article. and film them. Um, and so they're uh, out there somewhere. That sucks and, because that, was, that would have been good. Yeah. Maybe, maybe someday they, they'll release them on a you know, bonus track or something like that. Um, and now I want to know your two ships. All right. So I, I took, also took from What If. Um, and it's, it's, it, it is just a relationship. It is just a friendship. It is a whatever they work together. But I... At the end of the What If episode uh, with Killmonger, I wanted to see more of Shuri and Pepper Potts. Um, I want to see their interactions and their like working together. And I totally feel like they would be like Natasha and Steve in Winter Soldier, like going completely fucking tech savvy and like all the shit that Shuri could do, and then Pepper could could you know market it and work it out and all that i thought that was i i was just like man that would be so cool to see i want to see them work together oh wait this is a one-off episode and we're not gonna see any of that so i'm hoping they'll pick it up in the second season and have another episode with the two of them but yeah who knows? I, I hope so because i mean cause that was it was it was so good what about you kirk uh I, i've got two i I've always felt like the best chemistry, romantic chemistry. I mean, I think Tony Stark and Pepper Potts is, has always been great too. It's been, right. I would say it's definitely top tier. Um, and, uh, and I also like um, uh, MJ and, and, uh, and Peter Parker. I think that's been fantastic. Those are standouts for me. Um, but which, Cap- which MJ? You're talking about specifically MCU? MCU, yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha, yeah. Um, but I think the Cap and Black Widow from Winter Soldier, oh, they were I so wanted good to see that. Yeah, I was like, after, after that, I was like, I want to see them together. That that just they they were just perfect together. Yeah, Chris, and, Chris uh, Evans and Scarlett Johansson were were like just phenomenal. Chemistry just yeah. it just blew up the screen uh, for me. Um, I think it'd be fun to see She Hulk and Luke Cage. <laughs> 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 that would be so, good. I like that. Yeah. Oh. Power uh, serious power couple. <laughs> although if if powered Peggy Carter and Steve Rogers like powered Steve Rogers, like, that would be good too. Yeah, yeah that, like where they're on no shit even footing, so neither one of them actually has pity for the other. Like uh, that'd be an interesting. It'd be interesting. Maybe not the best chemistry, but but interesting. Yeah. Um, I was really into T'Challa and Nakia. I thought they were so cute together. The way he would get all tongue-tied yeah. around her was adorable. I'm so yeah. sad that we won't get to see them 
together anymore. Yeah. Um, she would have made there an amazing queen. Yeah, I could have used a lot more of that. There story. wasn't enough. There wasn't enough of them in that in that movie. I, I agree. That was yeah. She she's. I mean, I love her as an actress, but the character, you know, her, you know, freeing these slave women and her desire to help other people, like that that experience in the queendom, just it would have been a phenomenal story, and I'm sad about it. And right. then I I thought it would be really fun if uh, Ned ends up going to Caritage, right? Because he has a little magical power now um, and meets up with America Chavez if she's straight. Um, oh, man. Ned and America? Fuck yeah. Yeah. It'd be a really <laughs> cute couple. Like, I, I picture them sort of Harry Potter style, like, in the library <laughs> together, you know, and like, like flirting over their studies. I think they'd be so cute. That that would be great. It was the was the actress who played Nakia uh, Lupita Nyong'o? Oh, yeah, God, yeah. I fucking suck at those yeah. names. But uh, okay, yeah, she. I mean, she she's phenomenal. She she yeah, in general great. is phenomenal. Yeah, I my my fingers are crossed that she is actually who becomes the next Black Panther. That'd be um, sweet. And then I think after Secret Wars um, that they could bring in that would be a time to recast that role because they could have it be from a different you know alternate universe right um, yeah. uh, T'Challa that's that's uh, that's here but um, I don't you know I I mean I think everyone's convinced they're going to do Shuri um, and I think that you know it's possible but I think they they actually take a lot away from. The, move, the the story if they remove her from her current kind of role she's like the IT tech super genius yep. you know and I mean she could be that but she doesn't you know and be the Black Panther but I think the other character is a, is is a more accurate you know warrior and yeah. and and has more of the passion like you were saying Penny and kind of moral outlook and um, uh, authenticity that uh, that T'Challa had and I think would bring that kind of level of reverence to that character. Um, and I, 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 that's what I'm hoping they're going for. I am so excited about that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. going to be great. Just based on the trailer, it was pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, All right, so what do we have next week, Penny? Yeah, uh, so that article about the Natasha Bruce thing being cut inspired me to ask the question, what in the MCU do you not like? What's bothering you? Casting choices? This is your chance. Gripe and complain. Love to hear (laughs) it. All right. All right, well, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Look forward to hearing from you. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, oh, thanks, yeah. Kirk. It's been really great having you on. It, yeah, it's been fantastic <laughs> yeah, to have you, man. It's been fun. I've enjoyed it. If you'd like to get in touch or find out more about Podcastica, you can find all of our contact information at podcastica.com. You can write in or record a voice message right there on podcastica.com or find links to our social media pages and other shows. And don't forget, uh, rate and review on whatever podcast player you're using. I... uh am doing a, a podcast with Anwen on the new Lord of the Rings Rings of Power show. Have either of you watched the first couple episodes? I have not. I, I watched the first episode and I'm about five minutes into the second episode. 
Uh, I, I did not meet the, the requirements to get it in before you guys recorded the second episode. <laughs> That's fine. There's many more episodes to come. I'm really enjoying it and uh, pretty excited about the show. So I, I hope people listen. Yeah, that that's awesome. Um, I uh, I've I've been I've been big on here recently has been Sandman. Um, that's what I've been I've been trying to catch up on, uh, and I know that uh, Mark and Jamie are covering it over on Sandman Cast. And uh, so if you great great show, yeah, like this just stunning, stunning like visually, yeah, and gorgeous. plot wise. But I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, and everybody, don't forget to check out Kirk's art at studiokm.com. I think you'll really dig it. It's cool. Thanks. Next time on this podcast, She-Hulk, Season 1, Episode 4. Title not yet released. And that's our show. Thanks for joining us. And remember... Thor's inspirational speeches are not admissible in court.